everyone, and welcome to Crappy Bag of Popcorn, the podcast where a random guest and I talk about so bad they're good movies to see what makes these films the cinematic masterpieces that they are. I'm Rachel, the host of this podcast, and today I'm joined by Jacob, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jacob. <laughs> okay. And for this week's episode, we are talking about the 2010 film Rubber, which the general premise of it is a tire mysteriously comes to life and... It just goes on a killing spree. That's that's literally the whole plot, but it's weirdly kind of meta, so... I'm just going to say it. Four out of five stars. Four out of five, Four really? Out of five. That's what I rated it. That's how I feel about it. So normally we save this till the end. We're just... Nope. Say, why, why, why Sorry, I, I didn't finish your first episode. <laughs> I got like halfway through, then I was like, I'm going to take a nap, so... I do the same thing? Yeah. Alrighty, so this is the part where we normally talk about the plot of the movie, and this yeah. one isn't as wild as Adult Swim's Yule Log from last week. This one was... I love Yule Log. It's so good, but it's kind of hard to follow. This one's a lot easier right, to right. follow because it's very simple. Literally, the the opening is really weird. Because, yeah, literally, like, there's the plot... It, it, it's the, the opening perfectly set you up for what you're going to experience mm -hmm. and you, it's just like all right turn off your brain basically like they, they they tell you from the beginning it doesn't matter yeah you know nothing ha like there's no reason yeah and like i'm gonna this is gonna be very pretentious jacob for a minute this is gonna be you know years of watching film and a media production degree coming out right here and but like i honestly feel like that that opening where the, the, the you know the opening monologue from the cop Yes. Um, what's his name? Lieutenant Chad. Lieutenant Chad. I had to stop and just laugh at that because the internet has just totally ruined the name Chad for right. me. So yeah. I'm just like, haha, Chad. <laughs> right. He even kind of looks like the, he, like, he looks like an yeah. old version of like the, the Sigma Chad meme. Yeah, just a little bit. A little. But anyway, the opening monologue is very, not only does it kind of set the stage for what you're about to watch, but if you take it out of the context of the film and see it almost more as the director talking to, because I mean, in theory, he's literally talking to this... He's literally talking to an audience within the movie who is also you. Which he's actually not. I don't yes, the end credit scene. The credits. Yeah. yeah, he's just talking, which is, it's for us and not the representation of us in the film. It makes you wonder where the representation of us in the film went, because you see them in the movie. And yeah, then, they just didn't get there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just early. Yeah. But this monologue, it it's almost like the director through Lieutenant Chad, is saying, stop overthinking films, guys. Like, literally, it's, it just happens. Like, yeah. it's, well, at its core, it's a movie, you know, and... It's not it's a film, a it's a movie. Right. I don't know. It was a film. <laughs> and at its core, it's a it's a film, and it it's a story. A story's being told. You don't have to overthink every single aspect. Personally, especially, like, obviously not back then when the movie came out, but mm -hmm. especially now when we have stuff like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. where you have these rabid fan bases that want to know every single nook and cranny. And say, everything well, has to have an explanation when like, not everything needs that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, why did they do this? Why Why did this happen? Let's make a six-part miniseries to explain why this happens. Yes. And so you just kind of have... It, it's literally just like, it's a movie, man. Mm -hmm. Stuff just happens sometimes. Well, and he literally says... Life happens sometimes for no reason. That's literally what this right. whole movie is about. And even before the monologue, you know, it opens with this, the accountant guy just standing yeah. in the desert with a million binoculars, not a million, but a lot of binoculars. Just, and the cop car drives up and starts very obviously swerving to hit all these chairs. Which is the best. I was like, 
I was like, what is going on? I and know. he was like, stop caring about what's going on. I was like, all right. Yeah. Perfect. I do think it's funny when he hit the chairs, how they just collapse. Yeah. They're, like, they're you like, think a chair would be able to take a car hitting it at fairly well, like, low it's speeds. Like they, it's like they put together the Ikea chairs, but didn't put any of the screws in. Exactly. They just set the parts on top, which would have been a nightmare to set up in that <laughs> desert. Like, I couldn't imagine. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that happens. They do the monologue. Mm-hmm. or introduced to the audience. I really like the audience. They have a very, like, dry humor they're, to them. Yeah, they're a very interesting group of characters. I would like to mention, there's, like, two film buffs in there yeah. that are talking about the movie. And when I was taking notes on this, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be me and Jacob when we record. Right? What's fun is that um, if anyone listening to this has ever watched Community, one of the film buff guys is actually plays a character in Community called Fat Neil. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he was, like, the only actor I really recognized. I was like, Neil. And, was, <laughs> and then that was it. And then he, you know, he, spoilers, he gets killed. So I assume this is a spoiler kind of Yeah, thing. this is a bit, yeah, spoilers and also a bit of a content warning for this episode. This is kind of a gory movie, oh, so yes. warning about that. On the gore, this movie called Scanners by Cronenberg became a series and all this stuff. But I, the way that they're killed is very scanners mm-hmm. because like in the movie, like they focus really hard and then the person's head explodes. That's mm-hmm. the movie the tire does. Like, yeah. The tire literally just blows people's heads off. We and probably need to explain the tire because we're getting a little far into this. I think, it's, I think it'd be even funnier if we just don't explain the tire <laughs> until the end. Well, for the rest of our listeners, mm-hmm. I'm going to explain the tire. So the movie starts... The, the movie within the movie, the audience is looking at the t- at the dump through their binoculars to watch the movie, and he just the tire whose name is Robert. You don't learn this until yeah, the end credits. The credits. He just comes to life. That's it. That's the whole thing. There's don't no. Don't think about it. There's yeah, no reason for it. To there's happen. no bolt of lightning. No. no higher power. Just a tire, and he's just rolling around. I, I thought it was interesting. They almost do like a baby's first step sort of deal with him because he's trying to roll around. They'll flop over and um, they'll get back up and roll around again. I was gonna save this, but this movie is literally just Bambi. You know what I mean? Explain. Well, like, it just is. It's like, oh, this is a part of nature, you know? Okay. Here's the, like, the tire is Bambi, and it's just, I'm going to be real, I haven't seen Bambi in, like, 20 years. Yeah, I haven't seen it since, I think I watched it when I was, like, nine. Yeah, so, so. like, but, like, I was watching, I was like, man, this is so Bambi. (laughs) And, uh, so, I mean, therefore, it's just so Bambi. You know, I'm not going to, I don't have to explain myself. Exactly, there's no reason. But yeah, he's just rolling around and he just, he's going, he's just going on his little adventure. But apparently this tire just has malicious intent. It's never explained. Again, that's just a running theme. Well, like you can see the point in which he like, he's like, oh, I can, I can, I can, I have control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when The he, part when he rolls over the water bottle. The water and bottle. Then, yeah. And he kind of stops and he's like, oh. I just ran over this. Yeah. And then, what, he, like, squishes a scorpion, mm-hmm. and then you get to the Miller Lite bottle, and he, like, tries to do it, and then he just gets, he, like, obviously gets very <laughs> aggravated. He just starts, like, vibrating. Like, yeah, but it's, like, out of anger, and then, like, it's, they, they were able to convey so much emotion through a tire. Which, truly, I know this podcast is about, you know, so bad they're good films, but it does kind of speak to the skill of the directors, how they were able to convey emotion in a car tire. Right. I think, I think this movie doesn't fall into the traditional category of so bad it's good mm-hmm. it's a b film like at, at its core it's a b film yeah but it's and b films are always going to be a little bad because they're low budget they're just kind of so this one had a budget of eight hundred thousand dollars which is really cheap which is so. yeah really cheap especially for a movie that i can only assume had a lot of 
practical effects put in. It was a lot of practical effects for the tire and even part of the heads exploding. And we'll talk oh, about this sure. a little bit more okay. when we get into the production side of it. But yeah, it was mostly practical effects, very yeah. little CGI. Yeah, in large cast, a couple different set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it's going to cost a little bit of money, but like it looked, it looked really good. Because I was sitting there, I was like, I, I really don't know what how they're making that tire like roll as well as it is. I was thinking maybe there's just a guy pushing it, or maybe they yeah, green screened like him out screen. or something. But I'm just like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't. I I'd really have to watch some behind the scenes stuff on mm-hmm. it. But back to my point, it's that this isn't necessarily a so bad it's good film. It is a it's it's bad solely for the fact that it's just absurd. It's like, yeah, because people go, oh. That's a movie about a tire that kills people. That's got to be dumb. And then yeah. they move on. They never watch it. They just kind of move on. So it kind of has gained this reputation of that's bad, but people don't really watch it. Like, it's not, it's not you know, Citizen Kane or anything. Yeah. But it's still, it like, if you've ever seen, like, a half-decent, like, slasher film. Yeah. It's kind of on par with that, you know? Yeah. So, okay, so moving on to the plot, he goes and he, you know, keeping this going, he... Blows up the water bottle, uh-huh. and then he comes upon this rabbit, and <laughs> I don't really like animal cruelty, and I knew what was going to happen. I'm like, no, don't blow up the rabbit, and blew up anyway. <laughs> we oh, just yeah. keep going. I would like to mention a little bit later on in the film, there's like a kid in the audience, and yeah. he finds the rabbit, and he's like, oh, look, here's a rabbit we can eat. And they're like, oh, dude, that's fake. Yeah. And it's never explained if it's fake or real. I'm going to go with it's real just uh, well, because. I'm going to say it's fake because really? it is like... The whole movie is staged, mm-hmm. but it's also not. Like, yeah. like, they start blurring the lines a bit. And I think it's literally because the director was like, why not? Let's yeah. just kind of... He was just writing the script. He was like, eh, let's do this now. Yeah, that. I mean, when I was doing the research for this, that literally was what I was just like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. So we're going to do this instead. That's literally the whole, like, the whole writing process. That is literally how I write. That mm-hmm. is, I completely respect that. Yeah. It's honestly what I need to do because I'll just like force myself to write a scene and then I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wish I didn't write it that way. Well, yeah. let's keep going. Yeah. So he kills the rabbit, he keeps going, and then it's like, I don't know, Twilight or something. And yeah. it just flops over and goes to sleep and so does the rest of the audience. So, and then we cut back to, it's daytime and the accountant's coming back out in the desert. The right. audience is asleep. He goes, he just starts hitting them with his briefcase and he goes, Okay, y'all, time to time to wake up, right. which I thought was really funny. Movie's starting. The movie's starting. Get up and go. And, and it should be mentioned, there was one guy that didn't sleep, and it's he's creatively called Wheelchair Guy. Because mm-hmm. he's in a... If, you might not realize this, but he's in a wheelchair. I know. Very very creative naming. Very insightful. But he's just been up watching the movie the whole time, so he's slapping yeah. everyone else to get awake. And it should also be mentioned that the audience has not been fed yeah they haven't eaten and they asked about food and they he just kind of ignored him they kind of just walked off so keep that in mind for later the tire keeps going on his little journey he blows up a crow at one Mm -hmm. point so again more animal cruelty yeah and he sees this girl driving down the road and he's like i don't want to say he falls in love with her i think it's more of like a creepy obsession yeah but he does try to i think he tries to blow up her car he definitely stops it yeah he stops the car she's like what's going on Mm -hmm. and then some dude in a pickup truck isn't paying attention and he just hits him <laughs> he just hits the tire the tire bounces so the, the girl's car starts again yeah and she just goes and then and the just, tire's angry because he just got hit by a truck right. and i relate to that i would be really angry I would be too. Mad too yes yeah. and 
hit by a truck and sends the uh, source of or the source of my affection away. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh, well, you just ruined my day. Yeah, so Robert's day is ruined. He's like, well, I know what I'm doing. Because remember, he's got malicious intent. Malicious intent. So he, he goes yes. down to the gas station. Uh, well, the girl passes the gas station. Yes, the girl passes the gas flips station. Flips the dude off. And he's just like, <laughs> what I do? And he gets in the car. And then it looks like he's like putting gloves on. And he's like. He, to drive for some well, reason. It, like, all, part of me is like, he's going to. He, like, part of me is like, that dude's going to go kill that girl for flipping him off. That's like, what I was thinking. Yeah. But, you know, it's obviously not explained. Robert comes by, and he's just, <laughs> and he's just standing outside the car. And the dude's just sitting in the car, and he just kind of looks down at it. It's peak cinema. It's almost like, it really is like a horror movie where the camera will just, like, pan slightly, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's, like, the killer, except it's a tire. It's a tire. So there's just a tire sitting outside and, the dude's window. Right, and then there's, like, at least 30 seconds where it's just Robert and this dude. Just staring at each truck, other. Just kind of staring at each other. And you just see Robert shaking ever so slightly, <laughs> but only on the close-ups, like, when you're from the uh, driver's point of view, it's just a tire. Yeah, but and he then, does seem to grow more noticeably, like, uncomfortable. Right. He's just like, like, Mr. Stock, I don't feel so good kind of vibes. And then, I know, I made a Marvel reference. That's a, that's a Tom, <laughs> that was a perfect Tom Holland accent, I will say. Thank you. And then that the guy's head just blows up. Yeah. Robert's like, you hit me with your car, I'm going to kill you. Which is that, is that the first time we actually see someone's head? Yes, this is the first time we see a person get right, killed. Not course. our not our first death of the movie. No, no, no. So the dude's dead, and Robert's like, "Well, I gotta go find the girl again." So off off he rolls, and mm-hmm. as he's rolling around, you see the cops just drive by in the yeah. opposite direction, and you're just like, "Oh, the plot's happening in the background." Right. So we cut to the motel because mm-hmm. the girl has traveled to the motel. She's staying there for a couple days. Why? Who knows? And doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But we cut to, so she's just kind of chilling, and we cut to another motel room, and it's the accountant guy. Yeah. He's just kind of sitting in there, and he's really aggressively shining his shoes. And then he gets a phone call, and he goes, yes, master, I told, I'll do this early in the morning. Right. Also, there's a turkey in the room with him. Yeah. It's just sitting there. So he gets off the phone with master or whatever. He hangs up the phone. He opens his briefcase. Apparently, just knives in yeah. there and, like, poison. And he's like, you just hear, like, the screen just goes black, and you just hear the knife start sharpening mm-hmm. and the turkey goblin or whatever. Well, all the while, the Robert, Robert is in a third, a third hotel room. And dude is How just, did he get in there? <laughs> well, you see him just open the door, like, the door just opens. And yeah. so it's like, okay. But he's Yes, I'm here now. He's just sitting in a chair, and he is blasting the television. <laughs> like, he is the worst neighbor you have ever had, because he is just, mm-hmm. like, whatever, switching around the TV, and he's just... the. It's just on a hundred. It's just it's so loud. And he's get, watching like bad nineties jazzercise yeah, too, which I thought was really funny. And then he switches to like some like cultural show, like like something you find on the Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. He watches like football. It's just like dude's just all over the place. He's just really he's really learning the culture of the world. He really is. So the guy, the accountant, kills the turkey. Mm-hmm. So all this has happened. We need to backtrack a little bit because I also remembered. The girl who's staying in the motel, she's taking a shower and she just left her motel room open. And so Robert just like shoves in the door yeah. and he's just looking at her. Yeah. I wasn't fond of that scene, Forbid, but... Uh, forgive me for my phrasing here, but I, <laughs> no part of me expected to watch a movie about a horny tire. Yeah. I, I can't know? say that was like, ever something I thought I'd do. Yeah. 
And of course, you have the audience. Like we cut back to the audience every now and then. They're just kind of talking about it all. They're, they're just, just they're just giving commentary. Yeah, basically. And then they get pissed off at one another a few times. It's it's literally like you're just in a theater with people that won't shut up. Yeah. Well, because at one point, one of the girls goes, "Can y'all shut up so we right. can watch the movie?" And they go, "You can go somewhere else." And yeah. I'm like, you know, that that really speaks to the true theater Ugh. experience. Literally. Anyway, we're cutting back to the accountant. He's killed the turkey, and he <laughs> goes back out in the desert, and he just pulls this turkey that doesn't really look to be cooked out of a what like a sack like, like a laundry sack like a pillowcase. yeah and he goes okay y'all eat up and he just drops it on the dusty desert and it almost reminded me of like lord of the flies or something like that yeah. because you just see these people swarm around this turkey and just demolish it except for a wheelchair guy because he's like i'm not hungry i'm here to watch the movie i'm here to watch the show mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. he says he says that several times and so they eat the turkey and they all just go back to watching the movie and we just the accountant guy just mm -hmm. kind of leaves yeah so we cut back to the motel Cleaning lady the dies. Cleaning lady gets killed. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Because the tire's taking a shower. <laughs> he's taking a shower, and the cleaning lady's going through and just doing all the housekeeping, and she comes in, and she's looking around. Again, the TV's blasting, and there's, like, right. tire marks all over the bedding, and she's like, Literally. this stupid she's guest. Like, what is going on? And then the shower starts. She walks in, sees the tire. She's like, what? what is going on? And she, like, just picks it up and throws it out. She's like, I hate these guests. <laughs> And Robert is furious once again because, no, like him, if someone threw me out of the shower into the desert sand, I I'd would be, be angry. I'd be angry. Yeah. And then... The he can't kid, stand for this. Yeah. And I guess they, I think the kid sees him go back in. Mm-hmm. And then Robert, of course, just blows up the cleaning lady. Yeah. And so... <laughs> really enough, I didn't see this scene because I was watching this on Pluto TV. So the ad cut in, like, right there. I don't, I'm think, like, I don't think we actually see it. See we see it in the credits. Her get blown up? Mm-hmm, because yeah. they're doing the credit scenes, and they just do the thing where they show the cast and then put some text on it, and they're like, uh -huh. here's the cleaning lady, and just... Yeah, because I don't think we actually see it in the sh the movie, if I remember correctly, but we do see, like, it's implied very clearly. Yeah, and, and then... we do cut to, like, her corpse, I guess, right, so just they... sitting there. Yeah. While he's watching TV. Right. Yeah, so the kid sees that, he sees the tire, and oh. they're looking for the cleaning lady, they can't find her. So he goes to find his dad, and he's like, hey, there's a, there's a tire here, and the dad's like, what the heck? Shut up. Go get me a pizza. So the kid rides off to go get a pizza. He comes back and he finds the dead crow that Robert killed. I hated this scene because yeah. he just picks the dead. It should also mention the dad's here's kind your, of a jerk. Here's your double toppings. Yeah. So he just picks the roadkill up off of the ground, drops it on there, all in view of like this hitchhiker, hitchhiker guy. He's just kind of staring at him. Well, he does this, and the kid just kind of rides off. No other yeah. explanation. He gives him his pizza, and we we cut back because. The hotel owner or motel, whichever one this is, yeah. he finds the dead girl's body. He's like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. my cleaning lady is gone. Right. And, of course, the kid's like, I swear it was the tire. I'm not making this up. And so this is when the cops show up because, mm -hmm. naturally, if you find that in your hotel, the cops need to show up. And Lieutenant Chad Lieutenant comes back. Chad. <laughs> he's probably my favorite character in this movie because he's just so, like, weird and right, cause it's like nonchalant about a lot he, of stuff. Yeah, well, because he knows it's... A, he's like, I know this is a movie. Yeah. So what, whatever. And why then, would I take this seriously? Well, and he's like, I'm just hamming up my acting. Exactly. I would like to mention that the girl, you know, God bless her, she is a bad actress. Like, she is... But yeah. She's also, <laughs> I'm also pretty sure she's, like, French... Because this is a French film. This is I'm a French sure, film. Like she's French, because she has a very thick accent. So That's what I was thinking. I'll, I'll give her a pass. Um, but I thought it was but, kind of funny though, because no. she's just so bored and everything. It adds like a, another layer of awkwardness yeah. to the whole movie. Right. But I like she was a very good like 
physically she was a good actor. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the minute she spoke, she was, like, just, just, like, her delivery, she was, like, oh, yes, a tiger, basically. <laughs> and I'm, like, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I'd be doing the same thing. So the the cops show up, but at the same time, we cut back to the audience, and the kid's, like, Dad, I don't, I don't feel very good. My, my stomach feels bad. Yeah. And the, the dude's like, well, do you have anything for a stomach ache? And next thing you know, everyone in the audience just starts like doubling over. They're in tremendous pain because, surprise, the turkey was poisoned. Right. They needed to kill the characters. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because in the writing process, literally the reason why they are killed is because the guy, the director, he got bored. He was like, I'm bored of these characters. I want them gone. And so he just Too kills real. them. And I mean, I have done, I, I too have written a movie script and I've yeah. done the same thing. I'm like, I'm done dealing with this. You're gone. You're Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. But it's also kind of interesting. That kind of brings you like, kind of, I don't know. It's kind of, man, I'm, I'm over here overthinking the tire. <laughs> but like, it kind of, you kind of have the perspective of, well, if you're not, writing a movie for an audience then why are you writing a movie in a exactly. way because the audience if the audience is gone then the movie then does the movie is the movie even a, is the movie even real well the, and they even do that when we cut back to the motel they're like he's questioning the cop yeah. is questioning the hotel owner and his timer goes off uh-huh. and he goes oh, six hours six hours the audience is gone we don't have to do this anymore and of course the motel guy's like what the heck my cleaning lady just got blown up he's like yeah. don't worry about it movie's done yeah because weirdly everyone else doesn't realize like, it, like him and the accountant are like the only two people who really yeah. know what's going on yeah that's like and at that point or and the uh, the other the driver the yes. other cop the one that we see in the beginning yeah who drives car. lieutenant chad up uh, to the I audience i want to mention that lieutenant chad hops out the trunk of a car and yes around a glass of water at the very start for his monologue and he just dumps it out in the middle of his monologue yeah no reason yeah no reason just to prove his point but yeah so it's yeah literally it's like so is this what's the point of the film if there's no audience you exactly know, so yeah, but so he's trying to convince the other cops. Cause there's like a whole team of cops. He's like, guys, I promise you this is fake. You don't have to worry about it. He talks to this one cop. He goes, hey, look down at your arm. And from this point on, you've only seen the cop from like torso yeah. up. And it cuts down and his arm is just a stuffed alligator. Well, no, he has it under. He's like, why do you have a stuffed alligator under your arm? Yes. And he's and like, no, I don't know. Why not? Why not? And then he's talking to the one of the other cops. He's like, listen, shoot me. I pro- take your gun and just shoot me. And... The first person he has to do it doesn't want to do it, so the next one does it, and he takes, like, three shots to the chest. Very bloody, but he just walks it off. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, jumping up. This is very nice squid work. You know, there's some really good explosions mm-hmm. coming out of his chest there. Yes. And, there, are, of course, the cops are like, well, dang, maybe this guy is right. And he goes, you know, the cleaning lady who just got blown up? Just go just go shake her or something. And she's yeah. in a body bag at this point. Right. And they look, and they're like, Dude, it's a corpse. Her head is gone. He's like, well, j- just slap her around or something. Yeah. She doesn't come back. And this is when the accountant shows back up and he whispers to Lieutenant Chad. He goes, hey, one of the audience members didn't eat the turkey. So technically the movie is still going on. Mm-hmm. And Lieutenant T- Chad just goes, I seem to have made a small mistake. Hang on, everyone. And he just leaves. Yeah. So. Well, it's, yeah, because it, I guess you could almost see it like he's the only one that's in on the joke or mm-hmm. one of one of three people that are in on the joke prior to the movie actually ending mm-hmm. like when the movie ends I, maybe like everyone else is like oh it was just a movie you know but in the you know the deceased will come back to life exactly yeah but everyone like, goes it, home at the end of the day yeah but until then you know they're still just they're still just actors and they don't they don't realize cause yeah they're acting. i don't know i'm overthinking the time <laughs> and they told you not to they you're doing exactly what to. you told them not to 
So the cop goes, okay, well, you need to go take care of the last audience member because I'm kind of tired of this. And they proceed, they resume the investigation. Yeah. And I would like to mention, this is, this is also just kind of funny because the tire is still just hanging around the hotel. Right. And he, he sees the, the girl, who her name is Sheila. He sees Sheila go for a swim and he's like, well, dang, I want to go swimming too. Right. So he just goes in the pool and just sinks to the bottom. This is, so that happens. And at that point, the motel owner and his kid come back up and they're just, they're talking to the police officer and he's like, why is there a random tire in the pool? Get this out of here. Right? And the kid's like, that's the killer. The dad like yells at the kid. He's like, get out of here. Get this stupid tire out of here. Mm-hmm. So he throws the tire and Robert just goes off to do his own thing, as does well, the kid. Well, the kid, yeah, he throws the tire, and the kid takes it with him mm-hmm. to, like, behind the motel. Yeah, and at this point, he's, like, he's just chilling, just drinking his right. soda or something. And the tire just rolls up to him, and he goes, oh, my God, you're alive. Right, because I think the tire, un- like, I think the tire drowned, like, because the kid says that. Well, maybe he drowned. I think the tire did drown. Well, because the audience, this is before they got killed, mm-hmm. they were arguing. They were, like, would a tire be able to float? Or would it sink? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I guess he just drowned because I, I mean it's drowned. proven that he needs to sleep. Because so. he wanted to, he wanted to swim, and I guess he just you know he drowned. Yeah. And so I guess by like pulling him out of the water and like throwing him, he like revived resuscitated him. himself. Yeah, tire CPR or something. Tire CPR, and so he's over there, and the kid's just behind the motel, and the the tire's just there, and then I guess it like revives, you know? Yeah. And. And then he just kind of looks, and the kid just looks at him and is like, oh, you're alive. And, the, and he's like, <laughs> you know, the hey. cops are going to get you. Right. And he's like, talk to me. And the tire just walks away. But I guess he doesn't, I guess he doesn't kill the he kid. He doesn't kill the kid. the kid basically brought him back to life. I he guess. was like, all right, you're not so bad. I'll let you yeah. go. Even though the kid throws a soda can at him. Yeah. But he comes back to the cop mm-hmm. and the motel owner, because again, the cop, even though he's in on the joke because he's playing his part in the movie, he right. doesn't really believe that there's a killer tire out well, like, there. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know who the killer is. Yeah. Like, it's like, he's like part, it's like, he's still privy to the, or he's not, you know, he he's part of the mystery, I guess. Yeah. And Robert shows back up and he just blows the motel owner's head yeah, up. Yeah, because they're both just in like, they're both in lounging chairs. Like, <laughs> for, like they're poolside chairs. And then he just kind of stares at the tire and the tire turns around and leaves. He pulls like this piece of paper yes. out and he's like, oh, it's a killer tire. It's like he's reading over a script. He's like, "Oh, I forgot that was supposed to happen." He's like, I, "No, I don't. I, I legitimately don't think he knew. Like the yeah. character, he just had no idea who the killer was." Yeah. He's like, it's a tire. It's a tire, and I believe at the same time the girl leaves the motel. Robert leaves the motel, but we're still hanging out with the cops yeah. here because they're like. I thought this was probably the funniest scene in the whole movie because Lieutenant Chad takes a tire off of his own car, he puts it down, and he goes, guys, this is our killer. <laughs> I just had to stop and just laugh at it. I'm like, I hope my roommate doesn't hear this because I'm losing my mind over a tire movie. And one of the cops is like, is it black? <laughs> and he's like, yes. Yes. They're asking like the stupidest questions. Like, is it worn? Is it dirty? It's like, what yes. do you think a tire like, in the desert would look like? And they're like, what brand is it? And he was just like, probably generic. <laughs> I thought that is easily my favorite scene in the whole movie. It was good. Yeah. Because the way it's delivered is super dry, but it's really just the nature of it is just really funny. Right. So it's at this time that the accountant's like, well, crap, I got to get rid of this other audience mm-hmm. member. So he... I don't know how he managed to roll, like, a dining cart up into the well, California mountains. He had a, like, when he got the turkey, he rode a, uh, he rode he his rode, little bike, yeah. and he's just, like, exhausted. Yeah, and he just pulls up with his dinner cart of, like, a three-course meal, mm-hmm. and he's like, 
here, do you want the super nice chicken dish or this tuna thing or dessert or anything? And the wheelchair guy's like, nope, I'm not hungry. I'm literally here to watch the movie. Let me watch the ending in peace. Let me watch the show. And so the accountant's just like, well, I don't have anything better to do. So I'm just going to sit here and start talking to wheelchair guy. And he talked about how like he killed his brother with a yeah. rock for yeah. no reason. Because he was like, oh, because the wheelchair guy was like, oh. Tires did this, and he was like, "What? Let me see. Let me see." <laughs> and then so he just start, they just start hanging out together, and like, they're best dude, buddies for like right, five minutes. Yeah, and dude's just eating the the accountant just starts eating the food. He's just hanging out, talking about his <laughs> about his brother he murdered with a rock. He's with like, "Yeah, rock. I just slammed it into his face yeah, until he, he stopped like, screaming." He was like, "I was eight. Uh, we were in the woods. And he, <laughs> he fell instead of getting help. I just bashed his skull and to stop the screaming." It's like. Cool. There you go, bud. And he's like, my tummy hurts. Yeah, because the food was poisoned. I don't know how he forgot that. He was so caught up in the story about He was just marching on his eclairs. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you have something for my stomach? And he's, we sit with this dude for like two minutes as he just sits around and just like starts screaming. He's like, please, I don't want to die. And wheelchair guy the entire time is just literally looking at his binoculars yeah, and goes, he's like, shut up. I'm trying to watch this movie. So the accountant dies, and we are we resume the movie. Mm-hmm. So they've discovered that the killer is the tire. The tire's just rolling around, and he comes upon this tire-burning facility, I guess. Yeah, and he gets angry. He does. He's like, you are burning my fellow tires. Right. I can't stand for this. And so then, I think, is the time jump. Yeah, that's when we skip pretty, ahead. It's a pretty little cinematic shot of the tire just watching the burning. Yeah. And just, like, and then, like hard cut three <laughs> days later corpses just everywhere which i'm a little upset we couldn't get to see because i think it would have made this movie a lot funnier to just watch this tire just terrorize just a bunch on, of like, people a killing spree through this yes town. and but we never see it and of course the cops are like oh my gosh we've got to get rid of it and they're still at the hotel for yeah, some reason no, they're just hanging out yeah they're playing chess eating a sandwich yes, dude because like they're playing chess and it's like lieutenant chad and some nameless cop and like, cause like they they frame the shot like they're like planning something yes. something really serious, and then they like tilt down and they're just playing chess, and Chad's like, Chad just like makes a move and takes the guy's piece, and others like, you can't do that, and he's like, well why can't I? Well, I'm, and the dude was like, well you can, it's just not it's not allowed in the rules. He's like, well what can I do it or can, can I, I not? Yeah, can I? Can I not? And then they're just like. Over the radio, it's like you had these... Because these two cops go and find the tire. Yeah, they actually found him. He was in someone's house With watching more, the TV. Watching, watching, <laughs> watching football again. And racing, like, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he was watching... I think he was like watching Formula One. And yeah. Just, and then you just have like two or three corpses just sitting on the couch next to him. And then he, like, the cops are like, hey, we found the tire. And dude's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's the tire. It's, it's in a it's house. It's in a house. Watching TV. And they're like, wait right there. And they go to the house. <laughs> and this is when they come up with, like, the great diversion to finally kill the tire. Because, again, the Robert is just, he's obsessed with Sheila, the random woman. So they, yes. they pull up in this van, and they've got her in the back of the mm. van. How they found her, again, no reason. Right. And so they rig up this mannequin that looks roughly like her with dynamite and it's got a microphone on it and they put it in front of the house. They ring the doorbell, they run off. Yeah, and this is where Sheila's great acting comes back. It truly gets to shine here. But it's like it's like her naturally like not great acting yeah. put on top of <laughs> intentionally bad acting. And just she seems so disinterested because she's like, really guys, you're making me talk to a tire. Right. She's going, come on. Blow my head up, Come please. Kill me, big I boy. want to die. You stupid idiot. <laughs> and I'm just, it's so bad. At one point, the cops even like, good lord, you're doing terrible. Let me take over. Right. So he does the same thing. 
And somehow does even worse. So he's like, you know what? Screw it. Screw it. We're losing him. Put the girl back on. Yeah. Wheelchair man. Come. They just, they're doing it. They hear a knock at the door. And it's just a wheelchair guy. He's like, what is this? this he's is, like, y'all are doing terrible. This doesn't make sense. And they're like, what do you mean? We're going to blow him up with dynamite. And they're like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I understand what <laughs> you're trying to do, but it doesn't make sense. It's just stupid. He's, he's like, like, why don't you go in with like a flamethrower or something? Which weirdly enough, I thought about, I was like, why don't they just like torch it or right, something? Right, because literally they could just melt it. And he was like, do it with a bazooka, blow him up. And then, or just set off the dynamite. And the cop was like, well, actually... It's got to blow up its head, it's so it's like super well, meta. Well, it's got to, well, it's like, we got to have the tire blow it up, so it's like, he's blowing himself up, and it like, ties all back together. Yeah. And then, all right. I'm just gonna, he's like, alright, I'm just gonna go watch. Yeah. And so he like, rolls up, he's like, right in front of the house <laughs> at this point. And he's just watching, so they get back to it, the girl starts talking again, and finally, Robert just gets set off, and he blows the head up, but it doesn't work, the no, dynamite literally. doesn't go off, and the cop just goes... I'm done with this. So he just pulls a shotgun out of nowhere and the wheelchair guy's yelling at him. He's like, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? Do that. This is anticlimactic. And he goes in there and you just hear the shotgun, bl- like three or four shotgun blasts go off. And he walks out with just Robert's corpse, I guess. Yeah. And he just chucks it at him and he goes, all right, there you go. Movie's over. I'm ready to be done with this. Yep. And then they just leave. Yeah. They just leave. And he's yelling. He's like, what the heck? This is not what I signed up for. This is terrible. But don't worry. The movie's not over right. because somehow Robert is reincarnated as a tricycle Mm -hmm. and it sees wheelchair guy. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not a character. I'm just an audience member. The other audience members weren't safe. No. So he just, wheelchair guy just explodes. Not just his head though. The entire wheelchair just gets decimated. It almost reminded me of like, spoilers for another show here, but Gus's death in Breaking Bad where Hector blows up and it's just the whole thing. All you see is like the remains of the wheelchair. So he blows up and Robert's like, I am done with this stuff. I I am extracting my vengeance, Mm -hmm. I guess, because he rolls around and he starts, I guess, just making other vengeful tires come to life. Yeah, he's rolling down the highway and like, he's just bringing tires to life. Yeah. And And (laughs) he just has an army. And then like the credits start rolling, Mm -hmm. but then he, but then like they're rolling over him, resurrecting or uh, yeah, resurrecting tires. Yeah. That's the way to put it. This movie made post credits seem cool before they were cool. Right. So Marvel's got nothing on these guys. And then like it ends and they're all in Hollywood and it's just like, oh no. They're about to take over Hollywood. They're take over Hollywood. That is probably the tire that made the movie. Mm -hmm. You ever think about that? Really? Yeah, yeah. Explain, explain. They, well, like, they were in Hollywood, and so they're like, I'm going to make a movie about myself. There you go. And so this is a movie within a movie within a movie. They're very meta. Yeah. And the movie ends, and I'm a little upset because there's a lot of stuff where I think it would have been really funny, again, to see an, an army of tires terrorizing Hollywood. Yeah. But, but... At the same time, it's kind of the perfect ending. It is. It's kind of like, you're like, oh, this is going to be funny. And it kind of leaves it up to imagination because you can imagine it be like as bleak or funny or whatever as you yeah. want. Because this whole movie does kind of just fall into the category of the director just saying, I want to do this. Yeah. This is like, I want to do this. Okay, now I'm going to do this. Screw it, we ball was literally, I'm sure that was the yeah. motto while and we were he was like, this. He was like, all right, I want them to go to Hollywood, but I don't want to write that in. But I don't want to actually do that. So well, like, He just... literally said when he was doing this, we're going to start, since the movies are, we're going to start talking about the production. Okay. He was like, hey, you know, I wanted to kind of poke fun at the typical Hollywood horror film ending right. where it's like the villain is actually alive. But he's like, is there going to be a sequel with that? Absolutely not. No. I have no interest in God, making no. this. No more tired. Yeah. This is a perfect standalone film. It really is. It tells its story and it's just kind of done. Mm-hmm. So again, and 
especially with like these B films, I think the production of yeah. these is just hilarious because there's so much lore behind it that you don't yeah. really know. So this was directed by, as we mentioned, a French guy. His name is Quentin Dupieux. Yeah. So I had to Google Translate that right. because the moment you put French in front of me, I lose all ability to speak. <laughs> Fun fact, and I relate to this, this entire movie was written in three weeks. He wrote the whole oh. thing, quote, without thinking, That's... which reminded me of fall semester last year when I, too, had to write a movie script in three weeks. I'm going to be honest, I still haven't read that. But <laughs> That's I'm okay. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> it definitely reads, again, like I wrote it in three weeks. But so, and I just thought that was really funny because I think whenever you write something that fast, there's either, it's either like the greatest thing you've ever seen yeah. or just like the stupidest. And I would argue this is on the greatest and also the stupidest because the concept is stupid. But the, like the awkwardness of the dialogue and the way it's told is really well done. Right. Because that's another thing I really liked about this movie. Like the sound design especially, I love because in the opening scene where you can like hear the tires shifting against the sand or when he rolls over the water bottle, I was like, that's really good sound. Like yeah. it's it's very, all very well done. It has and like a very physicality to it, I guess. Right. And it, it probably helps that it's so minimal. Like, yeah. they're in the desert, there's not really a lot of background noise. You know, you don't need to do crowds, you don't need to do music, you don't need to do any of this other stuff. It's very just... So when there is music, it, it's pretty It's pretty minimal. It was pretty well done. I really liked the music when the tires just rolling up. It's like he almost has a, it's like he has a soundtrack, basically. Mm -hmm, and it's, mm -hmm. It really fits. I don't remember the song's name, but I've heard it before. And then yeah. it's just like, it's just on Sheila, Sheila? Yeah. Sheila's radio. So, I mean, it, it works. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a combination of, and we talked about this last episode, diegetic and non-diegetic sound because, you know, it's music playing within the radio that the characters yeah. can hear, but it also turns into the soundtrack, which they can't hear, which I just thought was an interesting little bit. One thing, and we talked about this briefly, but we, I kind of want to go into a little more depth about now, is the practical effects for this movie because yeah. it, it's almost entirely practical effects. The tire was done through remote controls, and the director mentioned that it was really difficult because it's a tire. There's not a lot of room for you to work with there. Yeah. I guess, okay, I guess maybe you could have, like, like, it's on, like, the tire itself is on, like, a track within it, maybe? Yeah. You have, like, a, you have, like, a motor that, mm -hmm. like, continuously, like, pushes weight ever so slightly forward that it makes the tire move. Yeah. That would make sense. That could, yeah. Yeah, well, no, they yeah. mentioned, like, getting it to roll was really difficult because they're supposed to roll, but getting it to roll the way they wanted yeah, to was like, incredibly difficult. Because it looked very natural. For, yeah. Like, a, like about as natural as a tire's first steps can be. Well, yeah, but like if you've ever rolled just an empty tire yeah. just down the road, that's very much what it looks like. It did, mm -hmm. it did very good in that sense. And even part of when, you know, he blows up the dude's heads and all that, mm -hmm. a lot of that was practical effect, a lot of mechanical effects. The really the only parts of it that were CGI, they said they had to add in like CG blood and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm sure, you know, extra little... Because there's... Just, really, yeah. yeah. Brains, I, think, I guess. Because <laughs> I guess there's only really so much you can do practically in that sense especially if yeah. you're on a relatively low budget well and another thing is if you're going for an r-rated film you've got to do the r-rated gore you gotta do the r you gotta yeah you gotta go, go crazy like yeah and i mean i was looking i was like you know granted i have hopefully i will never have to see that but i was like it's very well done right the way they did it but they said too when they were making the tire he went through because originally he really was just going to be a killer tire that's it no quote-unquote redeeming qualities and i guess he technically does have redeeming qualities because he's he spared the, well and he spared the kid right he knows he knows true family values <laughs> he, he truly does he wants a wife and a kid <laughs> but you know he was originally supposed to be just very malicious and then they reworked him halfway through they're like we want to make him more like a stupid dog just kind of doing his thing <laughs> and he even mentioned when they were working on this he was inspired by the first act of wally 
Because okay. when you it opens, it's Wally just kind of doing his thing, just being a little guy, just doing his robot job. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Like, he's just being a little guy. It's just his nature. Yeah. yeah. So the kind of, you know, the meta nature of the film, you know, mm. the film within a film within a film. Literally, yeah. that came out because, and again, running theme. The dude was just bored. He was no, like, I, sure. I'm bored. I don't really want to write about a killer tire anymore. So I want to write about, you know a killer tire, but also a movie within a movie. Yeah, you, you got to write what you want to write. And I think I think that definitely made it a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Than, you know, like... If it had just been, you know, typical killer tire, yeah, Sharknado. If it had just been something like 12-headed shark attack. You yeah. Know, and I'd be like, uh, you know, whatever. This but is this, silly, but this one, it really makes you think. Because I was... Yeah. Even after I got done with this, I was like, I'm kind of perplexed by this. Right, because it, it adds another layer to it all. And it's like, okay, let's... Yeah. Yeah, and another thing with uh, with the meta nature. So this guy has made he's made films before, mm-hmm. and he made one. It's called Steak, and okay. it was kind of the same like, like horror S-T-A-K-E sci-fi. Steak or S T E A K. Steak like the food. Okay. So, okay. and he snuck into the theater while it was playing, and there was nobody in there. And he said that was kind of scary for him. <laughs> which I mean, I guess that would be he's like you spend all this time and money working on your movie, and no one's watching it. I don't know. I and he brought that into the film when he was writing it. Yeah. I would kind of love to make a movie and then just no one goes and sees it. I think that would be the funniest thing. Like, yeah, I got this wide theatrical release from a big studio, but no one went and saw no it. No one saw it. It gains a cult following like yeah, 10 years no, later. Like, I, those are like the best movies where you're like, this is so good. Why is why has everyone been sleeping on this? Truly, that would be that would be my magnum opus, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So I think we're, we're kind of getting to the point where we need to wrap this up. And I know at the beginning you mentioned uh-huh. that this is a four out of five, but again, and we've talked about this already, but... Just, just expand on that a little bit. It's just a, it's just a four out of five. I, I you know, my ratings are very arbitrary because it's it's based on quality of film plus enjoyment mm-hmm. in a way. So, it's just I I really enjoyed it. I had a good time watching it. It's a it's a nice like solid. It's eighty two minutes I think. And it's yeah, very, it's a short little movie. Short little movie, but it's it. There's no lacking in it. It, it very much uses that time well. It's a very, yeah pretty film for yeah, what it is it's shot really well and yeah i kind of enjoy like desert vibes in mm-hmm. movies and i thought that was very well done i was like yeah this is right up my alley right but i, I knew i was going to enjoy it like from the start when you literally open with the lieutenant chad he's just like all right turn your brains off and yeah like, okay yeah. this will be fun i mean i was watching this at 1 a.m i was like don't you worry my brain's already <laughs> off <laughs> i am not paying attention so yeah it's like i i kind of feel the same way initially when i when I first finished it, I was like, I didn't like this a whole lot. Right. Because I just felt they didn't really use the absurdity of the concept very well. But after thinking about it and talking about it, I think that's changed. Because I'm like, no, this is funny and bad for its own very different reasons. Yeah, it, this this kind of falls into the category of, I would say intentionally bad. Because it's not, it's not bad, but intentionally ridiculous. Yeah. It's like... They're like, we know this is stupid. We're just going to, we're going to lean right into but, it. Yeah, but they lean into it in a way that's very classic B-movie, very classic, you know, hammy acting and everything, but not like, oh, look, guys, oh, look, guys, tired. <laughs> that's wacky, crazy. Like, it, like the movie. Which is what Eulog kind of did. They're like, yeah. haha, killer Eulog. And this one's like, no, it wasn't haha, killer right. tire. Because like the movie within the movie, the actual the one, that, like the tire movie. Yeah. It's very much played straight. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the tire is literally out for blood. It's, you know. That's it. Yeah. And it, but it's not. And like the audience within the movie is taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, hell, you have wheelchair guy who's just like, I'm watching my show. He's like, leave me. He's leave like, I'm an know. old man. I want to watch my show. I want to watch my tire movie. What, what would you rate it? I would probably rate this 
I'd say like a 3.7. 3.7, wow. Yeah, We're out of five. Particular very particular. Because I'm like, I don't, I'm not like with you where it's mm -hmm. like full four, but I'm like, this isn't really a three anymore either. Yeah. It's like, I would probably rewatch this again, super late at night, eating some chin chins yeah. or something. But I'm just like, I'd I mean, give this a watch again. Despite what I say, I actually really like movies in general. Like, yeah. So I always, I typically I see the the good in a lot of them, mm -hmm. except for Ant Man Quantumania. But um, <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this, don't go see the new Ant Man movie. I I read the reviews. They they were not they were not pretty. I'm probably not gonna go see this. So. So yeah. So with all that out of the way, thank you so much for tuning in to Crappy Bag of Popcorn. Tune in next week for the next So Bad It's Good film. What's it going to be? Who knows? It's a mystery. It's a mystery to me every week. So you'll have to listen to find out. But if you've got any movie recommendations, please send them my way. I am always looking for new movie recommendations. And y'all have a good week. See ya.